ahead of its big summit in July is the Shanghai Cooperation Organization called the SCO setting itself up as a united counter to the Western narrative in the world or will bilateral ties like India's tensions with China over the boundary or India-Pakistan tensions over terrorism and Jammu and Kashmir overshadow multilateral talks. Productive uh, SCO Council of Foreign Ministers meeting. Uh, I think it was uh, useful in uh, preparing the ground uh, for the summit. Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. We're actually coming to you from Goa this week where the SCO Council for Foreign Ministers have been meeting. We're going to tell you about all that's expected in the next few months of India's tenure as president. And we do have an exclusive interview ahead with Pakistan's Foreign Minister Bilawal Bhutto speaking about just what bedevils India-Pakistan ties. Of course, very sharp counters coming from External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar and those India-Pakistan ties really saw another big rupture in them as Bhutto travelled to India, the first Pakistani foreign minister to do so since 2011. Uh, so we'll get to all of that, but first let's tell you about the meeting itself that brought all these foreign ministers together. As host of the SCO summit this year, India hosted the Council for Foreign Ministers in Goa. It is the big event, the main event prior to the summit. Uh, due to be held right now on July 3rd and 4th this year. Invitations, of course, went out to all eight members, Russia, China, Pakistan, uh, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, all of whose foreign ministers actually attended. So at the highest level, it has been attended. On the main agenda for the ministers were three items, apart from reviewing uh, about 100 SEO meetings that have been held so far, uh, they firstly, they finalized the draft outcome statement, which is going to be released. It'll be called the New Delhi Declaration, uh, released in July when Putin, Xi Jinping, Pakistan Prime Minister Shabazz Sharif, uh, leaders of all Central Asian states are all going to be hosted by Prime Minister Modi because they are the members. They also, the foreign ministers had to sign off on about 15 decision points, which would be agreements or MOUs during the summit itself. Uh, including one India has on making English an official SEO language. Remember, so far only Russian and Chinese are official languages. But now with the induction of India and, um, uh, uh, and Pakistan in 2017, it's a necessity to have English as well. India also wants to set up working groups on innovation, startups, traditional medicine. Also talk about reform and modernization of the SEO organization, which is more than 20 years old. The foreign ministers also agreed on the induction of two new members to the group this year, Iran and Belarus. Uh, so their presidents will be coming in July to, uh, uh, for the Indian summit. Also joining as observer countries are UAE, Kuwait, Myanmar and Maldives. So far they were dialogue partners, they've now been upgraded or going to be upgraded to observers. However, at that meeting itself, it quickly became obvious that bilateral differences would overshadow the outcomes of the meeting and that was pretty evidence after the arrivals of all the foreign ministers. So even before the CFM meeting itself, during bilateral talks between External Affairs Minister Jai Shankar and Chinese Foreign Minister Chin Gang, they both seemed to differ over their understanding of the situation at the line of actual control. After the Chinese Foreign Ministry said that Chin had said that the situation there was stable, Jai Shankar countered that this was not the case. Things are just not normal. Listen it. India-China relations are not normal and cannot be normal if 
the peace and tranquility in the border areas is disturbed. Even on the Belt and Road Initiative and CPEC, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, Jai Shankar said connectivity, regional connectivity is very important, but it must be transparent. India's opposition to the Belt and Road Initiative, the BRI project started by China, was also made clear. I think it was made very clear, not once but twice in the SCO meeting, that connectivity is good for progress. But connectivity cannot violate the territorial integrity and sovereignty of states. So this has been our long-standing position. Nobody should have any doubt about it. And I assure you, those who are in the room today had no doubt about it. I made sure of that. Then there were some differences that came through in the talks between Jai Shankar and Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov as well over how to deal with the rupee-ruble trade imbalance. Uh, and how to convert Indian rupees into third currencies so as to pay Russia and so that Russia can use them. But the real showdown clearly came between India and Pakistan after Bilawal Bhutto said this at the council, what seemed to be clearly a veiled reference to India's decision to reorganize Jammu and Kashmir in August 2019. Listen in. As for the rupees, uh, this is a problem because uh, we accumulated uh, billions of rupees on the uh, accounts uh, in the Indian banks uh, and we need to use this money, but uh, for this, they, this rupees must be transferred in another currency and this is being discussed now. Later, the Pakistan foreign minister also held a press conference for Pakistani journalists. He gave interviews, including to the Hindu. We'll tell you about that. And here's what he said on terrorism. वो अगस्त 2019 का जो यूनिलैटरल violate kiya magar hamara bilateral uh, arrangements could be violate kiya by taking these unilateral steps so if those comments set it up in response there was a press conference by a visibly angry uh, mr jay shankar and here is all that he said the counters to everything that he felt the pakistani foreign minister had overstepped on whether it was kashmir article 370 terrorism being uh, victims of terrorism uh, and how to deal with the problem listening as a promoter, justifier, uh, and I'm sorry to say spokesperson of a terrorism industry, which is the mainstay of Pakistan, his positions were called out and they were countered, including at the SEO meeting itself. The terrorism matter, I mean, I, I would say uh, Pakistan's uh, credibility is depleting even faster than its forex reserves. A country which does terrorism cannot talk about peace in the same breath. There is only one issue to discuss on Kashmir, which is when does Pakistan vacate its illegal occupation of Pakistan-occupied Kashmir. Wake up and smell the coffee. 370 is history. Now, you can read the entire interview that Bilawal Bhutto gave to The Hindu online, www.thehindu.com, where he spoke about why the August 5th decisions by India had what he called slammed the door shut on talks. Remember, in the past, Pakistan has always rejected Article 370 by itself, and that was a question 
that I had posed to the minister. We also spoke about why it was so difficult for Pakistan to bring terrorists like Hafiz Saeed and Masood Azhar to justice. Even those in Pakistan who have long advocated for peace, have long advocated for engagement with India, have long advocated for normalization of relations with India. You know my mother's uh, advocacy and position and efforts on this issue throughout her life. That is exactly what we grew up uh, believing. But even for people like us, who within the Pakistani context have passionately, against the political headwinds, fought for this cause, the actions of August 5th have made it uh, incredibly difficult. I, I mean, I, I, I see you saying that again and again, yet Pakistan is isolated in that. No other part of the international community is using August 5th as a reason not to engage with India. No uh, United Nations, no OIC is making that statement. You don't, you don't see the OIC statements after statements and resolutions after resolution and condemnation India. after condemnation on, on that issue? I, I can't uh, speak for other people's uh, foreign policy or how they decide to uh, react to violations of international law and UN Security Council resolutions, but I can articulate uh, Pakistan's uh, position. I do believe, uh, given the events in Ukraine, uh, there's a newfound appreciation for United Nations Security Council resolutions and international, and international law, particularly in the West. So given all the troubles that India clearly is having in hosting the SCO, the question remains, why is India even part of the SCO? Why is it a part of an organization that was founded in 2001 by Russia, China, Central Asian states, uh, India and Pakistan joined in 2017? But remember, that was the same year, 2017, when India also joined uh, and became part of the revived quad grouping with the US, Australia and Japan. So what really does India stand to gain? What does it benefit from the SEO membership and presidency to begin with? India becomes a part of a growing Eurasian grouping. This is an important part of the world. It represents most of the world's population. The grouping re represents most of the world's GDP growth, where it's coming from much of the world's energy reserves, also critical uh, mineral reserves. Uh, secondly, this SCO strengthens New Delhi's positioning as a balancing force, uh, part of SCO, IBSA, BRICS, but also as part of Quad, I2U2, the G7 outreach and other groupings. Thirdly, post the Ukraine war in particular, this is a grouping that is resisting US and European Union sanctions. And remember, that's something India is doing as well. So it is a grouping of people who do have common interests in many geopolitical spheres. Fourthly, the fact that more Middle East or West Asian Gulf countries want to join the SCO now shows its growing relevance in the Eastern Hemisphere, UAE, Kuwait, uh, Saudi Arabia, are all part of the dialogue and observer groups. Fifth, it's a useful platform for meeting countries with differences that India does not wish to meet. Bilaterally, perhaps, uh, India-China have had meetings in Moscow, have had meetings in Delhi, India-Pakistan as well, as you saw in Goa, although that didn't go very well. Also useful, of course, finally, is that for India to build a consensus for a joint communique at the G20 summit this year. Uh, and remember, we spoke on Worldview about it. It's something Russia and China have been uh, putting many obstacles to. It is very useful to have these SCO negotiations and uh, communication before the G20, when again, Putin and Xi Jinping are going to be invited to come, whether they come or not. 
So what if those are the benefits, what are the downsides of this SEO engagement? The first is India is forced or has to be in a grouping with its two biggest threats and neighbors, China and Pakistan. Second, that India even has to take part in the SEO regional anti-terror structure, the terror mechanism, where Pakistan is also a member. We saw Indian officials go to Pakistan, Pakistani officials come to India, even though India believes Pakistan is the perpetrator of terrorism in India. Third, the SEO is increasingly seen as an anti-Western grouping. This could make things uncomfortable for India on other fronts, especially in coalitions that counter China. It may be asked, so what are you doing in the SCO as well, where it is seen as a strategic organization as much as an economic one? All other SCO member, uh, countries are members of the Belt and Road Initiative or support China's BRI. India is, is, is strongly opposed to that. And this becomes an issue each year when the SCO joint communique comes out. Other countries endorse the BRI. India always stays out of it, but it's the only country that does in this grouping. If members of the SCO are largely countries with poor human rights records and democracy issues. Just take a look at the list of the members and the members-to-be. So India risks being bracketed in what the Western side terms as a club of dictators. Going forward from here, India's challenges after this very fiery meeting in uh, Goa, uh, India's challenges have clearly increased. Uh, firstly, it is clear that India's presidency is being overshadowed by bilateral differences. Normally, these are not even allowed into the room at SEO conferences. When India became a member, it was made very clear bilateral differences should not be in the room. But this time, India is the host. Uh, and as a result, the SEO grouping could actually face the same fate as we have seen for the South Asian SARC grouping as well. Remember, Pakistan will host the SEO expected in 2026. So again, we might see many of these differences become much, much more. Third, as the Russian war in Ukraine progresses, there will be greater pressure on India not to host Russian President Putin in July. So the going forward, this is a big challenge, particularly after he was named an offender by the ICC. India is not a party to that, but even so, not one of the countries, remember, inside the SEO, including India, has actually criticized the Russian war. So that is how this grouping is going to be seen, particularly as India inducts, or the Indian presidency inducts Iran and Belarus, also Myanmar as an observer, obviously the SEO will begin to seem more and more like an anti-Western outfit. SEO is also, as of this year, taking a much more economic role, discussing national payments, currency payments and all the rest. Global polarization is going to become much more acute economically. And all the major sanctioned countries in the world, sanctioned by the US and EU, that is, unilateral sanctions, are in the SEO. Then there is going to be finally the subject of Prime Minister Narendra Modi's own travel in the next few months, which could pose a challenge, which could also show India as that balancing force. Uh, take a look at some of those, and we did discuss them in a previous episode. First, he goes to Japan for the G7 outreach on May 19th, then to Papua New Guinea for a Pacific Islander outreach, but it's a visit that coincides with US President Biden on May 21st, and they're likely to meet there. Then to Sydney for the Quad Summit, Australia, Japan, and uh, uh, and the U.S. on May 24th. Then to Washington for a state visit on June 21st. And then to Paris, which will be probably just after the SCO summit on July 14th for the French National Day Bastille Day Parade. So that when Prime Minister Modi is expected to welcome President Putin and President Xi to Delhi, 
uh, or host them if he has to virtually in July, it could make for some awkward moments. And that's not even counting the India-Pakistan equation. So what's worldview's take on this? The fact is that India's decision to be part of the SCO is clearly an extension of its traditional policy of non-alignment, multi-alignment and strategic autonomy. To this, New Delhi must also add another very old and very traditional policy that it must be a good host uh, at all times. To complete its presidential tenure successfully, the government, particularly Prime Minister Modi and External Affairs Minister Jai Shankar, will need to put aside bilateral differences, political concerns with members for the moment if they hope to forge a consensus at the SEO and other events that India is hosting this year. So I will come back with reading recommendations for you next week, not this week. That's all we have time for here on this edition of Worldview. Do join us again and please, please remember to subscribe to the Hindu's YouTube channel. Access uh, Worldview at www.thehindu.com and do subscribe there as well. From the team and from me here in Goa at the SCO Council for Foreign Ministers meeting, thanks for watching. Thank you.